G'day everyone, welcome back to Porsche Talk Podcast. I'm Mark from Mark and Cars across most social media. And as always, joined by Ajmal, flat cap driver across most social media. G'day Ajmal, how are you today? I'm good, I'm good. Oh, I'm feeling a little bit uh, discombobulated. Uh, <laughs> nothing's working and technology is failing me. And the more I rely on technology, the more I find that it's letting me down. But anyway, how are you? Oh, look, I was going all right, and like I was sort of trying to queue up our uh, song for today, which we'll save for next time, because it was your suggestion, and I'm not going to give it away, but I'm just travelling like a two-time loser on the tech myself today, and like, to give you guys an idea, we've spent nearly half an hour trying to get this podcast started. That's mad. It's <laughs> mad, because it's the amount of times I've, so obviously I use, you know, a, a Windows laptop, Windows 11, and um, no, no, no sponsorship from microsoft by the way um and we'd like you know, it I, it's on all go on we'd like it we'd like the sponsorship we would we would um and then so i you know it's a high-end media laptop and i leave it switched on all the time and you know some days it works great other times i come in it's an important meeting i turn it on and the video doesn't work or the audio doesn't work and you have to reboot it and then you've got a million files open and then you go, oh, no, I need to look at that. Now I've got to go and find it on like some platform, SharePoint or, you know, some cloud storage somewhere. And it's just it's just ridiculous how you start relying on something and then it lets you down. It's it's almost like when I come home and I've got uh, the garden lights are smart garden lights. So when I come home and I park at the back of the garden, I have to walk across the garden to get in and. I've got the lights set up so I can tell my Apple Watch to turn the lights on. <laughs> <laughs> the garden lights. So they're like these cafe style or festoon lights that sure. are all the way across on a string across the garden. And the amount of times it gives me the Space Odyssey 2001. <laughs> I'm afraid I can't do that, Dave. <laughs> and it just sends me into a rage. Just the fucking switch at the end of the garden would fix all of that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm I'm on a download technology at the moment. Yeah, okay. So uh well if that's the case, we should start talking about old Porsches. <laughs> yes. Rather yes. than new ones. I've got I've got I've got some stuff to talk about about both ends of the spectrum, but before I do, I'd just like to give a bit of a shout out, and that is to our very generous listeners that have assisted me on my journey to go to Le Mans in about 10 days' time. So, oh, my God. So I, was, I had half a dozen different listeners reach out and say, Mark, we'd love to get your perspective on what happens at Le Mans since we found out you got that um, press pass. So why don't you set up a GoFundMe and let us help you? So I set up a GoFundMe. I did a share, and it's ticking along okay. Like, I'm not quite there yet. Now... I'd like everyone to have a very clear understanding. I'm not begging for money here. I'm just in a bit of a spot where I committed a lot of funds to going to Rennsport Reunion and this opportunity presented itself. And I've got a lot of the money there and I had the money put aside for it. But the short notice I've given means the flights have doubled in price. So when I mention that, I've had a, a lot of generosity. So thank you to the listeners that have... Uh, contributed to that GoFundMe, which I'll also link in this podcast notes as well. But um, I think I'm pretty close to getting there now, Ajmal. So I think we'll... Uh, oh, yeah, I think that's... Don't make any plans for that Saturday night. 
because I think we should do a live podcast from Le Mans. All right. Yes. Um, yes. Which 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 day is it? Tenth of June. Tenth of June. Yeah, lock it in. It's a Saturday tenth. night. What else are you going to be doing? <laughs> Wait, hang on, hang on. That that's I think the tenth of June is. Uh, is it the special of Wheeler Dealers? Are you going to post this picture of your TV screen on? No, I was going to say, is it the FA Cup final? Well, that's okay. It probably that doesn't day. go as long as Le Mans. Yeah, I know. That is true. That is true. No, we'll make it work. It doesn't matter what happens. We will make it work. We'll wait till the FA Cup final's done. And you know what? Hang on, isn't the FA Cup already decided? No. Ah, okay. It's, Sorry. It's my naivety. It might be, no, it might be... It might be next weekend, which is like the fourth or something. Sixth or something, yeah. Okay. Anyway, we will make an effort to do a live podcast, and we will. um, I'll be producing plenty of content. That's the motivation here for me. Going to give a bit of a Porsche talk podcast perspective of being there at the big day for the centenary. Old cars. Okay. I've got to start with a new car story to get to the old car story. Come on, hit me. Get a phone call from Porsche Center, Perth. Mark, can you bring the Cayman in, the GT4? Because we reckon we've solved the problem to getting your reverse camera working properly. It's never really. Wait, I didn't know it didn't work. No, it hasn't worked properly since we had the car, right? So a year, right? And they think it's something to do with this and that. And they say, oh, we need someone to look at it because the switch isn't working on the gearbox. I'm going. It is working when you put it in reverse because if I manually do it and put it out of reverse, it turns the camera off. So some the switch is working, right? But I've got to manually switch it on the absolutely disgraceful Pong version of Atari screen that they thought was acceptable <laughs> in 2016 for technology. They do an amazing graphic of what, when you turn the car on of the Porsche logo and the... Uh, a silhouette of the car with GD4 written under it, which looks amazing in high-res graphics, and then they give you something that looks like it's a green screen DOS for the rest of your use of the of the camera of the uh, the screen. But anyway, so they think they've got something now that can fix it. Anyway, I had to drop the car off. It's going to be there for like two or three days or something. I don't know. So I'm driving the three five six around daily whilst that's happening. Nice. Yeah. And um, ironically, it hasn't rained for you know like it hardly ever does here. And a forecast for like ninety percent chance of showers and about thirty millimeters rain tomorrow. And I don't have my camera. Oh. <laughs> On top of that, Yikes. I hope they've been overly happy with the balance between my carbs, my Webers on my three five six, and I've been dicking around with it a bit. And I'm just look, um, Pete from Purely Porsche, who was on the podcast a few weeks ago, you might yep. remember. He uh, he's going to have a look at them for me as soon as I get the Cayman back, which. I'd really like to be in the next day or two so I don't have to drive my 356 in the rain too much. And it's not because I'm precious about the 356 getting wet. It's just the washing of the car. Because I like the car to look nice. It's not It's not a 996 C2, right? That, you know, can be treated like a turd. But it is a... Um, I do like it looking shiny because, you know, it draw, that car particularly draws so much attention when you drive it. There's a, a level of scrutiny that doesn't exist in... Any car I've ever owned before it. Oh. Now, the thing is, it's... I don't know. I don't know if you'd be judged if it was 
if it was a bit mucky and just looking like it was being used. I'll that's what they, that's no, what they look no. like, don't they? See, that's the average, like, if you look at the demographics of our um, audience, of which 90-plus percent are male, they would all agree with you. However, the 356 isn't the sort of car that most men are drawn to. It's the sort of car that most women are drawn to. You park it anywhere, and it is a... Um, it, they're like magnets to it. So they have a different expectation of what a car should look like when it's of a certain vintage than what men are who would just appreciate the fact you're out in it and using it. Yeah, true, true. I, I guess that is true because when I'm out in my 912, you're right. It's You get more women drawn to that who comment on how it looks. And even, you know, even my wife who looked at it, as soon as she saw it for the first time, and she just went, I get why you have that. I get it. It's a, it's a beautiful looking thing. It's what she said. And then she pointed at my 996 and she went, I still don't get why you have that. She's not <laughs> even a proper dentist, Ajma. <laughs> well, the thing is, it's you've seen about modern cars. I don't know if I, can I class my 996 as a modern car. Look, I know every 996 owner is hanging on with grim determination to explain to everyone that their car is now a classic because it's over 20 years old right but as we've spoken about many times there's far too much plastic inside that interior for it ever to be considered a classic okay unless it's made out of steel wait, and timber wait, inside what? it can't be a classic. whoa i've changed the rules again do you remember <laughs> you've, changed your, you've changed your own rules a classic car because i'm now going to remind you of your rules okay, which yeah. was it was his own over, what, what was it did you say over 40 years old then it's a classic no, I can't it doesn't matter what it is. was the number i don't care. look you know what i think it's a case by case every car has its own uh set of rules how's that <laughs> no well that i could accept but there are some that we can take straight off the bat they're not classic cars like a 1984 Nissan Bluebird, for example. Oh no! Look, let's not talk, no, look. We're not going to talk about the brown turds, right? Let's talk. Let's talk about um, aspirational cars and classifying them as classics, right? Aspirational cars, and okay. admittedly, a Porsche is one of those cars. As would be like, what other cars? What is your car? Ninety eight, ninety seven, something around that, isn't it? Ninety eight, ninety eight. Think about what other ninety eight aspirational cars. Like when I think ninety eight. Ferrari, I'm thinking three five five. I think is that right? About there. Uh, was that three? Yeah. Well, that was after the three four. Yeah, three four eight wasn't being made then. See the three five. I think so. Yeah. Classic. Three five five. You can't see that as a classic. No, I'd say three two eight is a classic. Oh, I don't know. The three five five is it? It, it looks very modern. I, I know under the skin, it's made of scaffolding stuff. Um, but, <laughs> but the thing is, it's a great looking thing. And look, what? But don't three... conf- yeah, don't confuse the aesthetic with my perception of classic. Oh, I know, I know. Because it's 90... a modern looking car. Tell me another ninety-eight model car, right? That would fall into the classic category. Give me, just give me one. Come on. From, from the nineties? No, ninety-eight. End of the nineties. Oh, right? from ninety-eight. Aspirational nineties. What are we talking? Estridge. Uh, Did Aston Martin start making their good-looking Aston- cars again by then? Oh. Who? Aston Martin. You might have heard of them. They're an English brand. I've, I've, I think I've heard of them. That would have been the DB7, wouldn't it? I don't know. Yeah. 
Would that been the DB7? I think it was that like that when you know when they sort of made that comeback when oh dear that's a great looking car we haven't need someone to it's been a long time since Aston Martin's made a car this good you know that whole um oh, bugger, bugger. I think that was the Vantage in yeah. two thousand and four or yeah, five it should... yeah it could very well have been yeah because uh, the DB seven was I think it was dated when it came out because that was the one I remember Jeremy Clarkson doing a review of it. And it had a tape deck, and he he said, "You you can't if you're in fifth gear driving down the highway motorway, you, the tape deck would hit the gear stick. It would you couldn't take it out." I didn't really see that. <laughs> okay, let, okay. So nineties. What else? What what year of BMW are we talking about? You know, like. And Mercedes, see, none of these cars, none of these are classics yet. That'd be about E55. What, Would that what? be around 98? For the, um, you know, for the oh, Mercedes, you know, those AMGs? Is, is that, I don't even see those as a classic really yet. I just see them as a car that's sort of too expensive to repair. What was the Lotus run then? <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, we're talking aspirational. Uh, <laughs> That'd be the Toyota motor. I mean, the uh, the Rover motor releases or something, wouldn't it? It's the lease out then. It was, wasn't it? Yeah, that would have been the Rover one, the one with the yeah, where you yeah, first thing you do is put a new head gasket in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, we're alienating some it's... listeners of any of them. We've got cars like that we're talking about. <laughs> but what else, what else could there have been around that time? So there's no classics. You see that what I'm was... saying? In fact, hang on. I'm gonna while we're talking, you keep you keep talking for a sec. I'm gonna Google best classic best cars of 1998. Best um, sports cars. No, 1990 cars. Being, I mean, it would have been the worst of. It would have been the worst of the Golf GTIs. Now that's aspirational oh, for some. Hey, hang on, I'm gonna, I'm gonna run some numbers. You ready for these? Okay, here we go. One McLaren F1. <laughs> but I think. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick my neck out here and say that's a classic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think numbers matter. Back that up. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Um, how about XJ220? I mean, it is, it is a classic. It is a classic. I, I never understood um, how. It, I never understood how it became the car it is. If you get my drift, I, just, I look at it and I go. That's just not as good as everything else that was out there at that time. Like we're talking GT1s, CLK GDRs. We're talking, um, you know, all the all the big hitters, the McLaren F1, and then the XJ220, which, if I recall, didn't it like hold a record around the Nurburgring for a really long time or something? Silence. Nothing. Have I dropped out or have you? Oof. One of us has. Um, the, oh, Ashmael's gone frozen on me. Now, I don't know if it's me or him, but regardless. Hang on, oh, you disappeared. Back. Yep, I can hear you. You're back. Now, I don't know where you got to. You disappeared. I, I mentioned XJ220. Are you back? I think the problem might be me, Ashmael. Hello? Yep, hello. Are you back? Yeah, I'm back. 
turn my camera off for a second. Can you hear me now? Let me see where I'm up to in time so I can chop this out of the podcast. You can hear me all right? Is that me or is that you? I don't know, but let me, um, I'm going to change which, oh no, I'm in the strongest, I'm in the best um, data choice I have. Hang on, what does this one do? It's going to change over uh, my networks, just give me a sec. How's that? Can you hear me all right? Yep. Mine's telling me I'm good. Yep. Okay. I can see you again. Yep. Okay. So the XJ220. Yes. I think it the car. It's the car that it is today because of the top speed thing. It, it was the fastest road car of its time. Yeah, it was built from '92 to '94. So 94 was the end of that. So look, yeah. I think it's a bit too 90s. Let's, hang on, what's your, oh, what was let's have a look here. Top 10 cars in 1998 by drive.com. Oh, M3, of course, has dropped in there, hasn't it? What else we got here? Yeah. Mm, I'm going to get something good here. I've got some shockers that are, uh, I don't even want to talk about. Some cars here that, oh. Best sports car released in 1998, according to Drive.com, Mazda MX-5. MX-5? Yes. Oh, you're breaking up again. Okay. What about, and, um, so, yeah, that the Mazda MX-5, and then if money was no object, it was the M3. This looks like the E... 46 M3 is that era. Which I quite like those. Oh, was that, was that the, I don't think I don't think that's hit its kind of peak yet. I don't think people are turning around and saying, oh, that's an amazing car yet. I, I actually think, Do you think? the M3s, that could be the cheapest option to get into them right now. That that is true, yes. If you're going if you're gonna buy one, it's I mean because they are the ones with a ton of problems. You see them all yeah, over I mean, YouTube yeah, yeah, where people have bought them. Something wrong with the back end or something, don't they? With the um, there's some sub chassis that's a problem or something like that. Well, is it the ones where because uh, um, I knew somebody at work who had one, right? And it came with launch control, didn't it? And he said that launch control becomes addictive. So every time you pull off from a corner, you'd use launch control. And he took it in for a service to BMW, and they refused to give it back to him. What? So they, uh, because um, the, sh- the body starts to rip off the chassis. Yes, I heard so. Because of the launch control. I'll tell you what other, what other um, car was uh, very celebrated in 1998. It was a Diablo. Well, it was that because at the time of the 1998, because the that was out a long time before, though, the Diablo, wasn't it? It was out in the Diablo. Yeah, I think so, because I think it was the Roadster was released in 98. So the Coupe would have been released a couple of years before, right? 
Well, I think way before that, because the Diablo was in the kind of around the same time as, you know, when the F40 was around and the 959. Yeah, well, that hasn't stopped Lamborghini for dragging a V12 out for a long time, has it, before they replace it? That is true. And that's the problem with the XJ220. It was supposed to be a V12 and it ended up being a V6 twin turbo. Was it V6 or straight six? Uh, oh, no, it might have been a straight six. Yes. It should have been a 12 cylinder. Whichever, with the, the, still the, ends yeah, up the car doing everyone two wanted. Now. The, um, the, I'll, tell you what, I'll tell you what Lotus was out in 1998 is the Esprit still. See, I thought that might be the case. Oh, man. Because, I I mean, you know, if you're looking on drive.com, the Australian website. Yes. And you say the 25, uh, our top 10 cars of 1998. Oh, yeah. They kind of start with, you know. Skim through some rubbish. Yeah, Mitsubishi Mirage. Yes. Oh, the GT1 uh, Evo, the uh, Porsche, and the Porsche GT1 road car was that they came out in 1998. Yeah, we've got was some, it? Some, yeah, there's some good stuff come out in 1998. Yes. Oh, well, I mean, if the MX5 the MX5 didn't come out in 1998, though, did it? There's no, the much second, older I think ones, the second generation one did. Yeah, that's that's one of the ugliest ones. The one without the pop-ups. Yeah, because there's there's that one, the second generation. Because because there's tons of people on YouTube buying up that second generation one because they're so cheap. But the first generation was 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 brilliant. Obviously, it was game changing. It had the pop-up lights. Obviously, made it instantly cool. And then. and then you know it was it was reliable had the japanese build quality and then you've got the second generation which was kind of they tried to make it of the era and it just kind of diluted everything cool about it and then it was the third fourth fourth generation i think was the was was it was good again I was always so amazed. i don't i don't know i mean i was always amazed by all generations of mx5 and for the our american listeners we're talking about miatas here right not not just mazdas the um the was just how much space was inside the cabin. Like, I remember driving those with people that were very big and they still fit in them with the roof up, you know, whereas you get in much bigger cars and they can't fit in them properly. The space inside those tiny little cars, just, it was always, it's like a TARDIS inside. Never, I've never sat in one, but I used to walk to work and there used to be a green, British Racing Green Mark One. With a tan leather interior and oh, a tan nice. leather top, a tan coloured top, I used to think, "Oh my god, that's amazing!" And uh, I'd, I've always wanted one, but then I thought, "No, because it's going to be—is it going to be leaky? Is it going to be rusty? Probably now." It hasn't stopped you from buying the last couple of cars. Yeah, I know that is true. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> but I had that expectation then, so you know, yeah, yeah, yeah it's pretty okay. bad. Mm-hmm. The, um... <laughs> oh, hang on, hang on. Yes. The late 90s. Uh, not late 90s. Yeah, late 90s. When did the BMW X5 come out? That's like 2003 or something, wasn't it? That was like the first of the... Was it? The biggest, the big Euro SUV. That was a game changer, you know. 
something uh, the actually the urban SUV probably is the best way to describe it. The S the um, four wheel drive that was never going to go off road. Oh, was that the? Is that the car that coined the phrase Chelsea Tractor? I believe they call them over it here. Would have been because that was the first one. Not including yeah. Range Rover, of course. I'm talking about the but Range Rovers have always had you know off road credibility. I'm talking about the um, the four wheel drive that was never ever intended to go off road. You know, like that the KN, um, the GL series Mercedes or MLs or whatever they were called back then. Yeah, you know. Oh god, yeah, there's so many, and I, I just think I was in a in car park recently. I was in a car park recently, and all I could see were these SUVs and uh, supposedly off-road cars, and they all had really thin, you know, small tires, <laughs> yeah. diamond-cut alloys, and you just think, but, but what? Is this just because people want to sit high up? Because a lot of them, especially if you look get down to the Audi Q3, Q2 size, yes. they're not much bigger than a hatchback inside. No, we've got What's a the point of that? It is a hatchback. Yeah. It is literally the same. Like it's, a, it's, it's, it's a little bit bigger than a golf station wagon inside. Yeah. What's, and do you think what's the point of that? Visibility. There's people buy them, though. People no, buy I'll, so many of them. I'll, I'll tell you something interesting about what I had never considered until my, you know, a number of years ago, my business partner had a hip replacement done. And the reason he got his SUV, which I think was a Mazda CX-5 off memory, right? So similar sort of vehicle, right? He said, when you get in and out of them, you sort of just slide into them. You don't get up and down and then up and down and get in and out of it. And he said it was, he really likes the fact that you don't climb out of an SUV. You fall out of it. Yeah, but over here, not that many old people drive them. And and you know the difference between, you know, old people drive. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, old people. Uh, 911s? <laughs> no, no, not 911s. Well, probably a lot of them do. But um, they drive like a Honda Jazz. Oh, or, I thought you were going to say an X-Type um, Jaguar. No, those are now probably driven by quite young people who there's think none they're left quite on cool. The road, surely they've all got to be gone. Oh, this, you'd be surprised. There's still two or three that I see regularly around here. But um, but then I um, also a Golf Plus. Have you ever seen a Golf I've Plus? I've heard of that. What's that? It's basically a golf, yeah, but plus. Plus what? <laughs> it's just it's just slightly higher. The roof's higher. It looks horrific. Isn't that like a T cross or something? I, I, and I remember we have them here. No, 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 no. It's literally just a golf, and plus. it just looks like it's it's like a cartoon version <laughs> a of a golf. So it's like the roof. Yeah, the roof line's slightly higher, and and I remember sitting in traffic behind it uh <laughs> and i was sat with my wife and we were in our golf v5 yes and it was sat in front of us and i, and I went surely if you're driving a golf v5 and i'm sorry for all the golf v5 listeners but you've got to be telling the world you've given up on life surely some would say that about old a3s no that's not the same <laughs> it is that's <laughs> it's exactly the same that's that just says that just says that guy's being practical. 
He's going to the tip in that car. <laughs> I suggest that the Golf V5 might be comparable. <laughs> no, no, the V5, the V5 is fine. It's the Golf Plus. Ah, the Golf, the Golf Plus. Plus is literally like we were in our Imagine... V5 and we sat behind the Golf Plus. And they, and I said about the Golf Plus, it's like if you're driving one of those, you've got it because it is it is just like driving a Honda Jazz. They just they just it's it's where you've got. You you literally have no knowledge or care nothing about cars. That's most, and people. you just need from to get. Yeah, you just need to get from A to B, and that's it. And you go, how can I do it efficiently, reliably, and uh, in comfort? And it you costs go me as little per on the jazz as possible. Yeah, exactly. Sure. So, whereas, uh, you know, if you're driving nine nine six from nineteen ninety eight, then it's how can I get there making the most noise? And uh, my destination is more in hope than expectation that I'll get there. And, uh, <laughs> and you know, you get your uh, bank account wiped out just by keeping it on the road. <laughs> it does. Now, I just want to return back to where this whole conversation started, and that was 1998 car being considered classic. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I think we drew the yes. conclusion that there are very few classics from 1998. But... I'm happy to stand corrected that there are some. But the you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, definitely, right? There, there, there are some, but I'm going to go off piece slightly because this is, I think, an '80s car, and I just saw it. I'm just, I just saw it, and I'm going to bring it up. I saw a Nissan Silvia Turbo. They still, didn't they? They went into the '90s. Those things. I don't know, but the one I saw was. I can't remember what year it was. Two JCs in them and stuff. They, I'm, I'm telling you, they're, they're much more modern than that, Nashma. Are they? I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna look it up while we're talking. That, that's so fast and furious that car. It wasn't in Get Out, was it? And I've never seen a, a thingy well, Fast and be, Furious. Definitely by the way, the Fast and Furious. It might not be the first Fast and Furious. But they've made like a hundred Fast and Furious films, haven't they? Uh, probably, but I've I've seen Hobson Shaw where uh, Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, is holding a helicopter down from flying away with a chain. He's, well, he's, he's, um, he's The Rock. But he's not even a superhero or anything in that. He's just some dude with muscles. Ah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. But he's still The Rock. Frozen, he, he's, oh, yeah, but, well, yeah, I guess you can say it doesn't matter what character he's playing. Yeah, he's still the rock. He, right underneath it, he's he, still the rock. He is a character in real life. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But oh yeah, they were in the eighties. I've seen there's some on here. Eighty five, I think they started out on. Right. Okay. Eighty four. Yep. Um. So I saw one of those, and I thought, you know what, that'd be quite a cool car to drive, probably. But they're not very fast. I was thinking. I've been thinking about um, getting another daily. Talking about SUVs. I know what you should get. I know what you should get. <laughs> Tell me what should I get? You should get uh, a Mitsubishi Starion. Turbo lag Turbo. for towns. You know, it just, it just <laughs> yes. I've driven a number of them. I know them very well. Okay. And uh, look, they were just the posh version of a Cordia Turbo. I don't know if you remember them. 
Audia. I called Audia. Yes. The no? Starion was a, was the like the 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 very the very expensive version of Mitsubishi's turbo options, two door turbo options. The Accordia was the poverty pack, and um, but both oh sorry neither came with an intercooler, so they were incredibly efficient at just popping turbos left, right, and center. You know, back in the days where people would walk away from their cars and they'd still be running because they had a turbo timer, they'd let the cars cool down. You remember those days back in the eighties? <laughs> Oh my God! No, I mean I'm gonna to say totally. That's totally before my time. Yeah. But uh... <laughs> the um, when I worked for oh, Video man. Instruments back in the '90s, I was still fitting turbo timers to um, those Nissan Exa turbos as well. What other cars were that era? Which were a lot of fun. Those little Stops. cars were. Um, Mazda three two three turbo four wheel drives. Ford Laser. I don't know if you had Ford Laser in. Um, the UK or not, it's an Australian, oh. it was like a Mazda 323, it was the shared body and different badging, and um, little hatch, anyway, they, uh, Ford Telstar, which is sort of like about the early Mondeo type things, These all these cars had turbo timers fitted to them aftermarket, which is one of the things I had to do in that job, so. But Ford Laser over here, I think was a... Uh... Um, Mazda three two three. Yeah, I think it was as well. Um, and and I had one of those. I had the uh, one point three drive option. I I had the 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 booted one, not the five door one. Oh yes, well that, and that was called it a was laser a, here. That was called a meteor. Meteor. Oh my goodness! It was. Good. I had the I had the GT version, which came with, um, which came with. It obviously had, you know, it had alloy wheels. It was, um, it had no central locking, no power steering, no electric windows, nothing. The only thing extra it had was an electric sunroof. Really? Yeah. And it just, it, to me, it didn't make sense because I thought, you know, I never opened the sunroof. It worked, but you just don't open it because, as you know, in the UK, it's either too hot or it's raining. Sure. So it never opened. So and and it was one of those where I always felt like I was sat a little bit too high in it. And it had um I think it wasn't was it twin carburetor? It might have been twin choke that made it the GT. Um and it was very revvy, but it was one of those where it was, you know, it it, it was a nineteen eighty four, so it had a choke. I had um I've owned three Ford lasers, which are variations on the um 323 two of them were um s packs or sport packs and they had twin carbs both of them so your car may very well have had twin carbs not just twin choke right and i think that put out about 80 horsepower 90 horsepower and it's again super revy right a lot of fun it was like styled on the early golfs would be the best way to describe what these cars look yep. like and I also then had a TX3, which is like a Fiesta-style hatch, hot hatch, which was turbocharged, again, no intercooler, and four-wheel drive. And it was um, what that was homologated so Mazda could go rally racing in it back in the uh, late 80s, early 90s. So it was a fun little car. It put out, I think, 125 horsepower, but if you deleted the rear muffler, it was like a 25-in 25% increase in power. So everyone just hacksawed it off and didn't even have a pipe that went all the way to the back of the car. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to 1998. Yeah, yeah. Let's see. And I'm gonna hit you with some cars. Let's hear that came out then. Okay, so I'm gonna go straight in with Alfa Romeo GTV. Nice. Oh, this is that first of so those. They're around um, now. That's that um, Bertone bodied one, isn't it? Front wheel drive. Yes, yes. As well. Good looking car, in my opinion. I think that design's aged okay. Yeah, but they're so cheap. I think they're so. I mean, I remember them, a, one of my neighbors was selling one. It's Alpha. Yeah. Yeah, true. Uh, you were right about Lotus Elise. Do you know what they were still making in 1998? <laughs> the old shape, original shape Mini Cooper. The Rover one. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I would totally have one of those. Um, I'd have it as a Japanese import, though, oh, because yeah. they come totally rust-free because they don't salt the roads over there and with air conditioning as standard. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> So I definitely have one of those. The Jaguar, Jaguar XK8 was out then. I reckon, yeah, okay. Big, big GT car. I think. Yeah. I think the the design will look back in fifty or a hundred years and say that was a precursor design exercise where a lot of cars sort of followed of a very, much a very similar lines after that. Like you can really see a lot of. It was. I think it was ahead of its time in design that car. True, but I'll tell you what else was ahead of its time. Yes. Uh, the NSX. That was around then. And that, with its four wheels. No, that, that car became so cheap. It dipped so low in price. There have, and now it's stratospheric. No, no. They've taken a bit of a hit lately. There's been a few of them I've seen passed in at pretty low prices on collecting cars here in Asia-Pacific. And also in the US, um, they're not pulling the money that they were peak COVID. Not that any cars are, but I think they may be one of those cars that had a really high spike and it's come back down, but it's actually dropped lower than pre-COVID prices. So NSXs themselves, which are amazing mm-hmm. motor cars, beautiful styling. I think they're great looking cars and their design will look good in another 50 years, no question, even if they won't start because all the plastics have shit themselves and all that sort of thing. But I think the uh, I actually think they're good buying right now. If you're not going to go out and buy a 911. Oh yeah, that is true. I mean, I, and it's just such a reliable motoring, isn't it? <laughs> it's just it's not gonna you're not gonna worry about IMS or whatever bore scoring driving an NSX, are you? I'm sure they have their own Whereas... problems, but because they didn't make as many, we just don't know them yet, Tajmal. And it's not our uh, that is true. That is it's true. not our expertise. If anything is so, that's so. So without a doubt, that's a classic from '98. Yeah, yeah, but, okay. yeah. I'll run with you. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, a BMW Z3 was around in '98. <laughs> yeah, I'll forever think of Z3s like two things. One, clown shoe, Z3 M coupe. Yeah, right. Amazing. Look, Dick Dastardly would have been proud of the wacky races, right? I think of that, and I think of. People bought them because they couldn't afford or get access to a Z8. One yes. of the most beautiful modern BMWs built. Yep, and they were they were strangely affordable at one point, but now forget it. 
But Never yeah, what a great looking car. I actually think the Z3's aged pretty well. I reckon it's an okay looking car. But it's, uh, you know, you've got to get it stance right. And if, to find one that's actually been looked after, forget it. Those cars yeah. would have gone down the down the uh, chute to people buying them when they're 19 and just flogging them. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what. I mean, I, I, just, I, think, I do think the 355 is a classic, but the problem with it is, because it looks quite modern on the outside. Yes. Um, so you're more likely to go, well, actually, a 348 is more classic because it's got those lines, those vents on the side from a Testarossa. Uh, I'm not going to say Monday Al because that's ugly as sin. Um, and proportionally totally incorrect. But um, what about a um, Fiat Barchetta? Yeah, I know the car you're talking about. I, the, the, I actually think they're not a bad-looking car, those ones. Yeah, I think only ever made in left-hand drive, though. But, but the, you know, I saw a few on the roads around here, and I thought, you know, even at the time when it was out, I think, oh, that's a gorgeous-looking car. I'd have one right now. I remember the But then they don't learn it around anymore. First time I went to Europe, I saw them getting out and about. This is about 01, right? 01, 02, those first couple of years I went over. And I was thinking, they're way cooler than an MX-5. Yeah, styling Yeah, they, they are. I think they're a great-looking car. And... Correct me if I'm wrong, I think there was a hard top version of that car. The same car, but with a hard top. Was that, or oh, there was a Fiat Coupe, which was the turbo thing yeah. that they did. Yeah, but it had the same but front end as a Barquetta, didn't it? Kind of. It kind of had the same front end, but I, they, oh, would I have said it's a hard top version of it? I think, I feel like they were two separate cars. Yeah, okay. Don't know. Um, but oh yeah, the uh, the Aston Martin. It was the they because the the Volante was out then. Oh yeah, okay. In ninety eight. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which was kind of it. It kind of looked a bit Americanized, I think, for its time. Um, but I suspect that under the hood, under the veneer, it was like a nineteen seventies car. <laughs> Some would argue <laughs> they have no money there. The, um... But but I think there were there were a lot. They, I feel like now now that I think about it more and more, I feel like there weren't that many great great cars around then. Or am I just misremembering? Yeah, I'll look at it. It's a long time ago. The I'm going to go on a limb here on a modern classic. Something that's going to something that right now is at the bottom of its cycle. That I think in another five to ten years, if you get into it and look after it, it's going to be really good for you. Mm. Alpha Brera. GTV6. No. Yes. No. Yes. No. And I'll, t- I'll tell you why. You're because I considered buying one of these not long ago. And and then you do a little bit of research, a bit of Googling. I didn't have a huge amount of money, but it was going to replace my Golf V5 and my MG. So I thought, oh, yeah. Because they're just beautiful thing to look at. Beautiful looking interior. Just, yeah, just the interior. Just so typically Italian, you know, sumptuous. Yep. And, um, and, but then when I looked at it and I thought, oh yeah, the V6 one is the, it's the only one worth having. And then you look at the performance figures and you go, oh, they're, they're exactly the same as my Golf V5, which is not 68 seconds and top speed of 140. Sure. And the, the miles per gallon was less. Of course it would be. Because that, that, yeah, because that Golf V5 was incredibly inefficient. Um, 
but the and and the reliability i mean the, the horror stories that i was reading online i thought i couldn't i just couldn't do it <laughs> so, but an incredible thing to behold and I, and well, i still that, feel like there's bargains out there i reckon that busso v6 that like that's like almost the end of the busso v6 that was used in those in, in that brera right manual yep i've driven a couple of them the numbers aren't a fair reflection of the experience in that car, yeah, is my opinion, right? And I, I reckon that that car, if you've got a good one, <laughs> all three of them, right? The uh, in years to come, it will be, like I saw. There's, there's, I think there's one with like only about two hours left on it, on one of the auction sites. I saw it a couple of nights ago. It was still only about six thousand dollars Australian. I thought that's such a bargain, you know? It's such a lot of cars. Like, sure, it might go up to twelve, but I still think it's under twenty. I still think it's a good value car. Yeah, and the thing is, there's there's some cars that you can think about from that era, and they're still really quite cheap. Uh, and I don't just mean the uh, Jaguar X type. Um, I mean, there's there's the what about the Mercedes SLK? Well, look, that, that SLK, that AMG one that everyone that I remember that there's a Top Gear special on that and a Boxster S yep. or something. I remember seeing some something along those lines, and it was like a missile that car, but yeah. Again, you know, yeah, and shoehorning a big V eight in the front of a little SLK. What's more exciting than that? <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. And a so box, I don't know. I mean, a that, box I, S is a beautifully balanced I'm car, right? I think that SLK would be exactly the opposite. But you'd leave a lot of black marks having fun finding out the hard way that it wouldn't go around corners, wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. No, I'd be terrified driving something like that. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I'm still not convinced that it was a great time for classic cars <laughs> i can't it, it wasn't was it oh, from like the 911 996 and whatnot look i think the history will be kind to the 996 for the number of cars that are still actually getting around you know you said yourself how many do they sell like tons of them right there's so many 996s sold compared to cars before it but that's look every new model 911 more sold than the what the previous version right but the um, I, I do believe, I do agree with you that there will be a lot of them on the road still, even with their known, you know, problems of IMS, oil, aerial separators, um, you know, poor uh, deferred maintenance because of how cheap they've become. You know, a number of factors yep. that are going to, you know, go against them being on the road. But I think like all 911s, in fact, a lot of Porsches in general, there will be a lot of them on the road for years to come. Yeah, no, I agree. And and it's kind of, I, is it going to suffer the same fate though in 20, another 20 years as the 912 did? Because, you know, it sold in such numbers, the 912, but then, you know, late by the late 90s, early 2000s, they were, you know, they were rusting away in barns and on the driveways and whatnot. And they were selling for three, four thousand pounds because no one wanted, wanted yep, them. Yep. But again, because they were so cheap, no one cared. You know, let them rust away. And is is the same thing going to happen to the nine nine six where there'll be lots of them available, but they won't. They probably won't be very good. There'll be a few that have been really well looked after, but most will just be rubbish. Well, I think what I think the where the nine twelve has a lot of benefit 
compared to the 996 and cars of that era, not just Porsche. When it comes in years to come, when we look back, it's the plastics that are going to completely screw it for the um, 996s and other cars, other brands, because you can cut out and weld in rusted out pieces of metal a lot easier than you can to source the mouldings of a new you know, seatbelt surround or something like that and getting those parts because every other car, they don't make them anymore. So the, every other car that is out there, its part is equally the same age, you know, or even best case, what, four years newer, you know. So the reality of it, you know, in another 20 years when the car's, you know, 45 years old, you know, the, it's, I can't see, I don't think they'll be able to be uh, brought back to life in the same way that a long hood, 911 or 912 can be today on the flip side though i say that on the flip side <coughs> you've got 3d printing people will just print that shit off they'll put go i'll email you the spec hit mm. print yeah maybe. print it off fit it in half an hour maybe a lot of those 3d printing jobs mm. they take like 14 hours to print as well there is that okay 14 hours later you whack it out and go down for a drive look that may be uh, that may yeah. be the case right but i just i can't see it i think the the i guess the appetite for that for repairing them i don't think will be the same that's my opinion because of the um the materials that the car has throughout its manufacture compared to the older cars mm. or or you could go the the end of the scale yes and again buy it cheap but you could go and buy although i'm not a fan a bmw 8 series i love of the same era oh i always felt like the wheels were too small have you ever seen a quintage no but quintage has giant tires to compensate for small wheels quintage looks like a roller skate right because of the wheel size yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. The I reckon the eight series, I I think time's been kind to that design. I think I, I reckon they're okay. I'm not I'm not really convinced. I I, I mean I'd I'd like to drive one as much as I'd like to drive anything, but I, I, no, I just I've driven one. It, the, it just never grabbed proportionally. It just never grabbed me. I've driven on the V twelve ones. Not that I haven't driven on the six cylinder ones, right? Or V8s or whatever the other size was, I don't even know. And it was a import, it was a left hand drive car here in Australia. And it was incredibly complex interior. There's a lot of buttons mm. and shit going on. You know, and uh, it was one of those, I think, one of those cars that they just overdeveloped. But I think style, yeah, was, I think I it's a good looking car. Yeah, I mean, it. Obviously, pop-up lights makes it make it cool, but it, it's just I think just there's something just off on the proportions, and that just always made me kind of think, oh, maybe not. But then, you know, of the same era because you got the uh, what was in the same era? Hang on, the, uh, the Maserati. Just give me a sec. I want to interrupt you a sec on the wheels. Yeah, go on. I think you have seen cars that people have tried to put modern rubber on. And I see this oh, in cars the... of the 90s cars, right, and early 2000s, where 
they would have had, say, a 60 or a 65 profile tyre. But today, to get that 17-inch or 16-inch tyre, they can only get a 45 or a 50, right? That makes the wheel look smaller inside the guard. And I think those earlier cars that have the much more comfortable tyres and the higher profile, I think that's what... I reckon you've seen cars that haven't got the right rubber on them. That's my two cents on that. I'm not. I'm not sure. I don't know, because because uh, the thing I was going to say about the same era is just the something to do the the wheels are a part of it, but just the proportionally how it sat on the side profile. Sure. I just, just never. I was never convinced by it. But then when you look at at the same era, you've got the Maserati GT. Great looking car. Great looking car. Great sounding car. Terrible. Driving. I just think you'd always go. Terrible what? Driving car. Have you had a good one? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I had to fit cruise controls to them when they first came in. Because none of them came with cruise control. Oh, see, I, I just think great looking car. Probably really easy to buy, but then really easy Oof. to buy for a reason. Yeah. Right? Like a lot of these cars of that year we're talking about, they just, they'd sink your bank account. I mean, they, they had one on Wheeler Dealers, didn't they? I should have bought, what, bought that one. Those first ones that had the tail lights that were just like shaped like that boomerang or banana, oh, yeah, yeah that, that's the prettiest one. And then they had that yep. stupid big Absolutely. American tail lights that they put on them. Yeah, yeah, true. Well, I think that's when they became the 3200 GT or something like that after that, didn't they? Maybe the, that's the problem with that era. They, they made some decent car. Well, they designed some decent cars, but they just made them a bit shit. Hence the IMS and bore scoring issues. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> that that is probably it. I mean, they they the thing is though, the extremes in what what was coming, like you know, the nine nine six obviously was redesigned, sure. and suddenly it became this everyday car that could do two hundred thousand miles, you know, mm-hmm. twenty years. Um, but I think things like you know, like the the Rover Sterling or Rover eight hundred was still being made. I think. Um, which you know, which you never ever see, and people go, oh, It's a classic because you never see it. You never ever see it because it's shit, right? It's just rusted away, or it died, and someone left it on their driveway and plants a crew over it, and then they binned it. Probably, did I, um, did I uh talk to you about Bentley depreciation last podcast? Uh, no, but it's funny you should say that because I've been talking to somebody else because, um, I was sat in my local coffee shop and a Continental GT drove past a very, it was silver and it was in a very similar condition to my 996. Oh, really? It was, yeah, oh. 2004 or five. And, you know, they, they, the shape hasn't evolved massively. No. If you polish that up, you wouldn't, you know, to the untrained eye, you wouldn't know Correct. if it was new or if it was old. Yeah. And, um, and it drove past, you know, bits of trim missing, had tons of moss growing on it. And, uh, and I thought, how is that car? So I, I know that my car, you know, could do with having some stuff done to it. But essentially, the maintenance, apart from the Tamjin guides, is mostly up to date. Whereas on that, the tiniest thing going wrong with that is you just go, oh, I'm, I've been bankrupt. And I've heard you know, a few, like, number 27, what's his name? Jack. He's bought one. But he's been a bit quiet on it. I suspect stuff's gone wrong with it. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, let's let's call it a um, a day. The 
it's been a uh, good catch up and talk 90s shit boxes. I mean, classics. And... <laughs> yeah, I didn't even have that. That wasn't even on the agenda. We just went down that hole. <laughs> That's what makes our uh, channel entertaining. We will have another, um, we will catch up before I head over to uh, France for a weekend. How's that? Yes. How, about, how many fl- hours of flying do you think you've got compared to how many hours on the ground? Oh my god, that's what you're gonna have. We'll talk about it in more detail next, episode, times. next uh, podcast. Yes, let's do it. Let's do it. We need to organize a giveaway as well. Yes, well, let, uh, let, me, see, got let me see what swag I can bring back and we can use that. Good thinking. Yeah, good thinking. Yeah, let's do it. All right, then. Well, uh, thank you everyone for listening. Please, um, think about uh, reaching out to Ajmal or I. If you've got anything to say on Mark. Mark and Cars, it's uh, Mark with a C, and Ajmal is Flat Cap Driver on most social media. Thank you everyone for listening. Thanks, Ajmal. Thank you.